Welcome back to the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Michael Fleischman. Alongside me is my co-host and good friend, Nicholas Baird. Nick, how's it going? I'm doing very well today, Michael. How are you doing today? You know, I'm operating on like four hours of sleep, but I get up and we'll do it all over again. Today, we are joined by former professional baseball player and Juco King, Eric Sims. Eric, thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you. Absolutely. For the people that don't know you, give us a little recap. Tell us about your story. Okay. Um, I have a pretty unique story um, that I can share. Um, I was born in South Korea. Um, I grew up there uh, playing baseball until about 13 or so. And then I immigrated to Canada when I was 13. I grew up playing high school ball there in Canada. Um, And I ended up getting a scholarship offer to go to a junior college in Kansas for two years. Um, and I did that for two years, and I went after that I went to University of South Florida for a year. Um, after that, I played a little bit of pro ball uh, with the San Francisco Giants, uh, and then I played a little bit of indie ball after that. And when I got done, I was about 20, I think I was 27 when I got done playing baseball, and I became a bar manager. Um, and now I'm basically like a baseball content creator type stuff. I don't even know what I'm doing really, but I mean that's about what I'm doing. So, so. You went from playing junior college baseball to playing pro ball with the San Francisco Giants. Right. So I went to junior college ball to uh, University of South Florida, which is a Division One baseball. And then after that, I got drafted and played uh, pro ball with the Giants. That's a really incredible story. You mentioned that you were born in South Korea. What brought your family to to Canada? Assuming you spent more than a few years there, what do you recall from your early childhood years? Yeah. um, So it was basically like a family decision. Um, I think – as a family, obviously I was a young kid too, so I don't really know exactly what was going on between the parents, but I mean, they're like, hey, like it's time to move, and they did all they can, and we're out on an aunt. I was living um, out in Canada already. Um, that's how we got hooked up with uh, the work visa and everything. Um, and yeah, it was just different, you know, because in South Korea, um, you guys are not going to be familiar with that, but playing baseball there is, is insane. You know, it's insane. Like uh, the practice-wise, it's, it's incredibly um, difficult. Like uh, you're like when I was, I was 12 at the time and I'll be practicing eight hours a day, uh, just solely on baseball. I wouldn't go to school. Um, so we weren't learning anything. Like I'm, I'm just dumb, you know, and just like, I was just play baseball. And so if you don't make it in baseball, you don't, you really don't become anything in society. So that's something my parents didn't like and they wanted to change that. And, but that's how it was in Korea. Um, it just, if you do something, you have to go all out, like just because the competition is crazy back there. Um, with with so many people in such a small uh, land, uh, I think that's what the, that's why it's like that. And um, and yeah, and going to Canada after that, it was great because I went from practicing eight ten hours a day to practicing an hour. <laughs> you know, like a know, normal child. You know, like a normal child would do in, in North America. Like I'll practice once or twice or three times a week, and I'll practice for an hour or so. And coach will give you a high five when you do something good. And it was incredible. Because I used to literally get beat up in Korea because that's what the culture was. Like the coaches are like gods. And, and it's like very like Sparta. Like it's like if you don't do something, like they'll beat you up for it. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, first off, Eric, thank you again for coming on. I uh, really appreciate it. So you, you mentioned you played a little bit of professional baseball. You were with the San Francisco Giants for a little bit. But what, uh, what, what inspired you to play baseball? Did you have a certain idol of an athlete or your parents? Or how did you get into baseball? Um, I first started playing baseball when I was eight. Um, I don't really have like a, 
like a certain thing I like I was looking for like I was just a kid and my parents because I was very shy like I wasn't, I wasn't really talking to a lot of people I was very like self-conscious and then my parents wanted to to change that by hey to play some kind of sport team sport right so that can that can that you can talk to other kids and just you know just be 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 a be a kid you know like instead of being so shy apparently like I don't remember this obviously it was a very long time ago uh, back in like when I was a kid like like I wouldn't like when I go to school like let's say I was like a super young kid before playing baseball like six or seven or whatever I'll go to like um you know, the class or whatever with kids and like, a, I don't know, whatever. And then uh, I would be too scared to raise my hand up to ask to go to a bathroom. That's how shy I was, right? It was just, it was incredible. And, and, and they wanted to change that. And that's how I got into baseball. And, and, and to be honest, like, I don't, I only play baseball just because of like, I enjoy playing it. And I don't, I don't really have like a role model or like a, like a favorite team that I root for. I don't have any of that. It just, um, it just, I, I kept, I played it because I enjoyed playing it, and I kept on playing it because I was good at it. <laughs> That's basically how, how I kept on playing. So you mentioned that you were good at it. At what age did you realize, like, okay, I'm actually nice at this. Like, I'm better than a lot of the kids my age, and I can make this somewhat of a career. Uh, the, the, the first time I realized was probably when I went to University of South Florida. Actually, um, as a kid, I mean, obviously you, you're good but like you're not like oh I'm better than everybody I never thought that at least um I, I don't know what kids do these days but like for me like it was like oh like I'm good but like I'm still gonna compete like I can't just like show up like not doing shit and just dominate everybody that wasn't the case I had to like still work for it and stuff like that right and then uh but the, the, the time and the one pro bowl and everything became a reality was when I went to USF um uh, because in JUCO like I was still good but like I wasn't really um getting a whole lot of attention from scouts and I basically like just worked my ass for two years in JUCO, got better, and went on to USF. I basically just showcased my skills. And I remember like first, like a week into fall ball, like I was signing like, you know, like uh, for prospects, they give you like questionnaires uh, from pro teams. And so you come, you'll come to the locker after practice or a game, like a fall game, and you'll have like envelopes from major league teams. And they want you to sign like questionnaires and stuff like that. And they only give that to obviously like, handful of guys from the team each team that I had a chance to go farther or whatever and I was getting a ton of those I was signing like five ten you know a week and I ended up signing for 25 different teams the questionnaires um I was the, probably the most one that signed with most teams you know like within my team that's when I become a reality of oh well I'm actually getting looked at by these major league teams finally you know and it was it was an incredible feeling yeah, once the Giants contacted you and reached out to you and you went through this whole process of filling out the questionnaire and stuff and they they asked you to basically, I guess, be a part of the organization, take us through that process of what it was like from the time they asked you to be with them. Like, how did that come about? Did they contact you or did you get back to them or how that worked? Yeah, actually, like, I didn't talk to the Giants at all. So usually you talk to different uh, major league teams right before the draft starts, right? So I was talking a lot with the Braves. Um, they were all over me. I was talking to their scouting scout or a scouting director or something like that. And he was like calling me when I cause we had a big East tournament cause that's where the, our conference was. And then we we're doing a tournament and he would call me like two, three times a week, you know? And so like, that, that's a lot, you know, like when I'm on, a, on the road or whatever, like I'm getting a call from a scout. Like I'm like, I'm going to get drafted by these guys. And that was the only team I was doing that. I talked to a lot of other teams too. I talked to the Rays. I talked to, cause we're in Tampa, obviously. And then I was talking to the Yankees. I signed a questionnaire for literally 25, like 
almost every major league team, right? So, and I was talking to a lot of teams, scout-wise, all Braves were like probably the one that was more engaging than any other teams. Like, he'll call me all the time. And he's like, hey, like, what round do you want to go out? Like, I'm ready to go whenever. You know, just give me, you know, they're like, what do you want for money? Like, I'm fine with slot money, which every, you know, draft has a slot. And I'm fine with that. I don't need more than that, you know? So I just kept saying that. Then, and I didn't talk to, I only signed a questionnaire for the Giants. I didn't do, I didn't do shit after, you know? And then they basically just drafted me. The tw- and then, because the Braves were saying they're going to draft me between the 8th to the 12th round. And then, um I'm watching the draft. Nothing's happening. I'm like, what's going on, you know? Um, and I didn't talk to their scouting director or scout that I was been talking to the whole time. And all of a sudden, 27th round, um, I got drafted by the Giants. Uh, and that, that, that's how it all that, – that's basically how it happened. Like, I wasn't even, like, expecting. Um, I basically shut the computer off because uh, I was watching it from home off a, you know, the draft tracker or whatever, off a laptop. And I was just like, after the 15th round, because, like, I was like, I thought I was going to get drafted higher. You know what I'm saying? So and I just basically shut the computer off. I was about to go work out, getting ready. And then, because I was like, I was mad. You know, I was like, screw this. I'm going to go, I'm just going to go lift. And then, uh, and then my phone started blowing up. And that's when I realized I got drafted by the Giants on the 27th round. So. Uh, so you mentioned that you got drafted by the Giants. And from your baseball reference page, it says that you were a catcher. But in 2015, the Giants put you on the mound full-time as a short reliever, and you pitched pretty well. What led to this decision? Were they like, all right, we're going to make you a pitcher now? Did you always throw hard growing up? Because, I mean, as a catcher, obviously you have to have some sort of an arm. So what, 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 what led to that decision? Yeah, I, I definitely had a good arm behind the plate, and that's what I was kind of known for, a defensive catcher with a good arm with a pretty shitty bat. You know, <laughs> this is what I've been known for. Um, which is fair enough, right? It's just for, for, for whoever that's, you know, you always have pros and cons. Like, each player's got that, right? So, um, and, and I was struggling, and I was struggling low way. I was backing up as a low way catcher, and I was, like, 24 at the time. You don't want to do that. You don't want to back up anywhere when you're mid-20s, you know what I'm saying? So, I was doing that, and then I was miserable. And then my pitching coach, Steve Klein, uh, who pitched in the big leagues with the Cardinals for a while, he's like, hey, like, come throw a bullpen for me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, I'd rather be done with baseball than, than, than become a pitcher because that's something I've, I've always thought about, but I, I don't want to do it because I had so much pride as a catcher, and, you know, I thought I'll, I'll still make it or whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's something I've done all my life. And for other people, like, they'll play other positions before, but for me, like, I've never played anything else but catcher, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've caught as a 10-year-old when I started playing or 80-year-old when I started playing till – uh, when I turned to a pitcher, I've never played any other positions. I just caught on my life, you know what I'm saying? So, um, and one day I was like, whatever, just give me the ball, throw it. And then um, I throw a bullpen for him. Um, and then uh, he's like, hey, you're pitching in two days. I'm like, what? This <laughs> is like, I'm pitching a professional game? Like, what are you talking about? So, uh, two days later, we played uh, the Charleston, um, the Yankees affiliate for low weight. And then I'm um, pitching against dudes like – like Aaron Judge is on that team. It's like a Gary, I think Gary Sanchez won that. Like it was just, the team was stacked. And I'm in there pitching. I'm like, what am I doing? I've never pitched in my life. I'm just like, like I don't know. I'm just going to throw as hard as I can, basically. And I got up to 92. Um, and they're like, come back as a pitcher. And they brought me back for an instructional camp, which is like a month-long camp after the season. Uh, they bring back for the guys I need to work on or whatever. And I did that for a month. And then um, – yeah, and then that's how I became a pitcher, really. That's just, that's about the, the glimpse of the story. Well, you know, 
you're kind of selling yourself short here. You pitched in 26 games and you had an ERA under three. So, I mean, what went into that? Like, was there a guy on the team besides the pitching coach that you went to and were like, all right, well, they're having me do this. Give me some words of advice. Cause I mean, it's, I'm sure it's a lot to go from professional catching and then getting on the mound. Right. Right. Uh, so like the adjustment part was tough. Um, but when I became a pitcher, like, I, I knew I had to throw harder because um, when I came to, like I told you about an instructional camp, I was at like 88 to 90, and I'll get up to 91 once in a while. Um, but And I knew I had to throw harder, and that's what I ended up doing. I ended up doing some drive driveline stuff. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, the driveline protocols and stuff like that. That's when I started doing it. And then my velocity went up to 92 to 94, said sometimes to 95. Um, and, and that's still, again, the reason I got released, everyone's like, oh, you're, you, you plugged the numbers first year pitching. Why did you get released? Uh, in pro ball, that's not how it works. So it's not necessarily the numbers exactly you put up is going to get you to move up to the next level. It's a lot of it is potential and what the, what kind of stuff that you have. Does that make sense? So for me at the time, I was 25 at the time, right? And I'm throwing 92 to 94, um, as a right-handed reliever, not a starter, right-handed reliever. That ain't gonna cut it, cause up there, if you're if you're mid relief or anybody, if you're a reliever, right handed, ninety five, ninety seven, you throw ninety seven plus. You, you, you guys know, uh, even like you guys have seen me out, but you, you guys get that. Like you see some dudes in the minors, that was gonna come out and throw like ninety seven plus. And plus, I'm older at the time, so I need to compete with a bunch of 19, 20 year olds that are throwing ninety seven plus. Does that make sense? So even if I threw ninety seven plus, like it, like they'll rather keep a 19, 20 year olds. Does that make sense? So. Um, that's what I had to do. And I, I simply did not throw hard enough for them to, uh, keep giving me a job, even though I put up good numbers, which is why I'm a big advocate on developing speed or, or anything that you can showcase. Does that make sense? So that's why I'm big on that velocity and stuff like that, because of course you need to learn how to pitch everything great. But at the end of the day, you need to have the stuff so that you don't get released like I do, you know what I'm saying? So um so yeah that's that's about how it went i want i want to backtrack a little bit to you said you were obviously disappointed when you didn't get drafted by the atlanta braves between rounds eight through 12 and then later on you eventually got drafted by the giants i think you said in the 27th round and i know for professional athletes no matter what sport one of their biggest dreams is to get drafted so walk me through the feelings of what it was like to get drafted how'd that feel how'd your parents react and you said your phone blew up yeah, that, that's that's actually one thing I do regret is not enjoying it as much. So like I said, I thought I was going to get drafted higher because the scouts are all over me and I had a lot of, what do you call it, like a bubble. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a lot of people talking, a lot of a lot of stuff. And I was listening to all that and, and that I, I let that get to me. And, and, and even though getting drafted, seeing your name pop up or whatever on the tracker is great. But I didn't enjoy it because I expected more. And that's something I, I wish I can go back and just like kind of like let myself like enjoy that moment. You know, I just got drafted, you know, like I just got drafted by a major league team. I should have enjoyed that a little more rather so than because I'm, I'm telling you, I was pissed right after I got drafted. I called my coach. I'm like, hey, can I come back to school? Not, that's how bad it was. Like, it's like because I wanted to get drafted higher, you know, like top 10 rounds. That was my goal and stuff like that. Right. So that's something I do. I do miss. But I, of course. Uh, when you get drafted, it's a, it's a it's a pretty incredible feeling. Just seeing seeing your name pop up on that tracker, it's like a holy shit, you know, kind of thing. It's a moment, you know, that that you're like, wow, you know, that's pretty cool. But at the same time, for me, I don't think I enjoyed it as much. 
um, just because I expected much more. Um, and, and that's something I do regret a little bit. All right. Uh, one of the last questions we've got here, Eric, you mentioned that you're a content creator, a baseball content creator. Uh, yeah. I've seen you film with guys like Trevor Bauer. What is it like, you know, pitching with them, hitting against a guy like Bauer? How impressive is his skill set? Dude, to, like right now, like I'm living the dream, um, content creator. And again, that's this is something that I've never done before. Um, and, and right now, I, I'm just having fun with it. And obviously, I know Trevor from tra- tra- training at a uh, driveline before, um, but he's He's been very welcoming in his facility. Um, he's got his own facility in, 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 in Arizona, um, and I've been training there for a little bit as well. Um, and, and, yeah, dude, it's, just, it's just fun because that's the atmosphere that we got going on right now. It's like, for me, like, I'm just a washed up, like, a bar manager, you know, facing a Cy Young winner. You know what I'm saying? It's like I do not have any business facing Bauer or anybody, in fact. But uh, – but that's how what that that's what's happening. You know, I'm competing with these guys like Trevor, all these other big leaguers. Not even big leaguers, like a lot of pro guys, right? And the minor leaguers that are that are really good. Like I just recently faced a dude that was throwing like 90, 95, like left-handed. Like he's just like he's a he's a he's a dude. He's a dude in uh, what they do with Angel. Like it's incredible arms I'm facing, and I'm also facing these guys throwing as well. And I'm just having fun with it. Like to, to be honest, like I can do anything. It'll be content. You know, I can strike a hundred times. That's content, you know, like, or I could, if I hit a dinger off of him, that's even You hit a bomb off him, though. I have, I have hit a couple bombs so far, you know, so, because again, like, I still train, and I'm not, like, I'm not going to look like an idiot. If you put me against a pro guy, like, I'm still not going to look like I don't belong there, like most of these baseball dads, but, but I'll still compete, because I still train for it, you know what I'm saying, but, uh, but again, still, I'm still outmatched, because baseball is an incredibly tough sport. And these guys are incredibly good, you know, and, but either way, I mean, I'm enjoying my time doing this and I'm going to see where that takes me. Yeah. I'm really glad we brought Trevor Bauer up because I'm a Dodger fan. And as we all know, he recently just signed with the Dodgers. Uh, but I, I just want to know, uh, Trevor Bauer is just a very polarizing figure in baseball. Uh, what, what type of guy is he? And then like, did you get a sense of where he wanted to go early on in free agency being around him or did you, did you not really know until the end? Yeah, no, like we don't, when I hang out with like Trevor or whatever, like I want to see him at the facility, I don't talk about any of that shit. Cause first of all, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Obviously I want to, I want him just to make like the best decisions for himself, you know, but, 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 but that, that doesn't matter. Cause he's a friend, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what he does um, in, in, in his professional world, like vice versa, you know, like, even him, like, he was like, he doesn't, he didn't give a shit, like, what I was doing before. He's like, hey, come on in, let's go, like, we'll, we'll shoot some stuff. Like, that's what it is about, you know what I'm saying? So, when I'm in there, we basically just talk shit, you know, and just like, and train, and that's, that's what we do, and that's what, with, with everybody. I don't care if it's Trevor Bauer or anybody, like, if we go in there, like, we're gonna compete, have fun, talk shit, and just get some good content out of it, and that's what we do, so. So you've talked about content, and this is the last question. You've got quite the following on social media, and you seem to tell it how it is. How important is social media to grow a brand or a platform or for people to gain attention into your life? Now, with that, like for me, like I'm not doing it to, to – like obviously I have a brand now, and I, and I get it, and there are a lot of like things I can do and a lot, a lot of things that, that make that – make, that, makes me available to do. Does that make sense? So it's, it's, it's incredible opportunity and, and all that. But for me, like, 
at the end of the day, I don't do it for other people. Like, I don't get on Twitter and just, like, have these, you know, oh, I got to do it at this time or whatever. I just speak whatever the fuck I want to and whenever I want to. Does that make sense? So, like, I just, like, I want to do what I want to do. I want to speak what's in my head, and that's what I do. And that's why, that's why I do social media, so that I can speak what's in my head or not what other people are telling me to post or, you know what I'm saying? Like, even, like, working out, like, right now. No one's telling me to go work out or go throw a baseball or go hit. If somebody did that, I'll probably punch me in the face. You know, like I, that, that's not gonna work. But like for me, I do it because I want to do it. Because I do it because I enjoy doing it. Same thing with like Twitter, Instagram, or whatever. I make this post or I make content. Like right now, sometimes I'll be driving like an hour to fill, uh, to go hit at some high school. You know, filming and hitting BP or whatever. But I'm willing to do that because it's fun for me. Like I like going to these places. And a lot of people know me by now, like baseball, like wise, which is cool. Well, like it's 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 a good opportunity and it's fun for me at the end of the day. But yeah, I I, I don't know. It's just like for branding. Yeah, of course, having like you want to be as professional or whatever on your branding and you want to do what you what you need to do. But for me, again, I just do what I want to do and I speak what what's in my head. Well, thank you, Eric, for coming on today, and thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman, and I'm Nicholas Bear. You can find this show on Apple Podcast. And Nick, big news, we're now on Spotify. Eric, thanks again for coming on. Where can our listeners find you on social media? Um, so, yeah, you can follow me on King of Juco on Twitter um, and Instagram, esim3400, and my YouTube channel, Eric Sim. You can, you can search that as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Micah underscore 0416. That is at M-I-C-A-H underscore 0416. And on Instagram at NVMicah. That is at E-N-V-Y-M-I-C-A-H. And you can follow me on Twitter at NicholasBear7. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-B-A-E-R and the number seven. And on Instagram at NicholasGolfer. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-G-O-L-F-E-R. Again, thank you for tuning in. Peace out.